I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues. My name is Andrew Levins and today we are doing a special episode all about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, specifically the eighth volume of said adventure. Um, depending on how bad you are at reading and talking, it is either Jojo Lion or Jojo Jojolian. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that today And uh, joining me, uh, clearly I needed someone who at least knew how to pronounce the fucking thing uh, So I have two experts uh, joining me uh, Coming back to the podcast for the first time in a short while We have Chloe from the Wine Mums podcast joining again What's up Chloe? I don't know how it's pronounced, you shouldn't have thrown me in the deep end like that There's no lines in it, so I assume it's Jojo Leon, but I don't know <laughs> This is yeah, this is a, an investigation in which we'll just, we'll just three white dudes will decide uh, which <laughs> how to pronounce this Japanese thing um, by the end of this episode Because uh, joining me for the first time uh, is a very special guest who is staying up very late in Ireland right now uh, You may know him from the Let's Fight a Boss podcast, we have Brian Hey, how's it going? Uh, I have no idea how to pronounce anything. There's going to be so many mispronunciations this episode, so apologies in advance. I'm going to try and mispronounce the most, so don't don't even try and come at my title. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've we've been uh, I guess on and off reviewing um, JoJo JoJo's Bizarre Adventure on the podcast for the last year. I actually started reading um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure at the start of the year, so this year was my year where I read all of it. Um, and uh, it took over my life, um, and I have uh, Co- uh, Chloe kind of helped me get into it uh, at the start of the year, and um, gave me the ranking. And so, Chloe, it'd be fun for you to um, revisit your ranking um, and 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 see where Jojo Lion uh, fits in on your ranking. And Brian, I'm, I'm keen to know where it ranks on yours too. But before we get into Jojo, I want to know what else you've been reading. Brian, you're gonna start with you. Okay, um, I am reading a four-volume series called Resentiment, which is in French, uh, but I think it just means resentment. And it is from uh, an author called uh, Kengo Hanazawa, who did uh, two series that I really enjoyed. Um, He did Boys on the Run, which I read earlier this year. That's from the late 2000s. And then he also did I Am a Hero, which is about a mangaka surviving a zombie apocalypse. That's what he wrote for the better 
better chunk of the previous decade. Um, and I'll probably read what he's writing next in a year or two and kind of waiting for it to build up. Um, but resentment, resentment, I don't know how to pronounce it. See, I, I, I told you, it's already going to be happening. You can um, just call it the French sublime. It's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> French people. I, I'm sure you're very offended all the time. Um, this is a four-volume series, and it's his first uh, series that he did, and it was published in the early half of the 2000s, from 2004 to 2006. Uh, but it is takes place in the near future, and it's about a guy who buys a VR headset and VR kit, the whole thing, and falls in love with a girl in a virtual world. Hell yeah. And it's very interesting from a kind of comparing it to, you know, contemporary technology and what it got right and what it got wrong. And for the most part, it actually got a lot of stuff right. Like, uh, is it like kind of her, the manga? It's a bit like her. Um, It's more like, I guess, you you know how people are into VTubers and it's like their weird little internet doll (laughs) that they sort of covet. Uh, It definitely leans into that because... uh, Hanazawa, like every protagonist in his series, is always a overweight guy in his 30s who's down on his luck, isn't doing super good, and is kind of at his lowest, and a situation occurs. And so in this version, it's your protagonist who's just fallen in love with a virtual idol, essentially. Yeah, Um, awesome. And have you made your way through all of the series so far, or...? I'm about halfway through it. It's okay. Um, I love the like location artwork, but the character designs are a bit too cartoony for my liking. Um, they don't really fit in with the rest of the world. It, it, it's got a charm to it, but sometimes it doesn't work. So the majority of manga you read is seinen, like so, like manga aimed at like a, like a slightly older audience, which often means oh, yeah. like in the '90s and 2000s just meant like edgier content. Oh yeah, for sure. Mature storytelling. Like for me, I've read Gantz like three times, and so I'll keep going on recommendation sites to be like, "What can I read as an alternative to Gantz to fill my Gantz-shaped hole?" <laughs> and you just end up kind of like falling down other holes from from there, and they just sort of stem out. And so this was a four-volume series, so I said, "Yeah, sure, I'll I'll, I'll read it over the months." Yeah, unreal recommendation. Yay or nay? Uh, honestly, right now it's a nay, but let's see how it sticks to landing with the ending. <laughs> Damn, those French people! That, that small, that small <laughs> amount of French influence really ruining this part of this, this series. <laughs> oh yeah, um, Chloe, how about you? What have you been on reading? Uh, I have caught up with the uh, new Seven Seas release of Die Dark. I assume that's right. It's German, I imagine, but it's Q Hayashida's new book. Uh, who did Dora Hedoro, which is like top five goodness and this is her new series which is kind of takes a bit from Dora Head Doro but what if it was set in space uh, it's basically about a uh, teenager named Zaha Zenko who has who was a mortal and has uh, bones that will grant any wish in the galaxy uh, so he is perpetually on the run uh, from people trying to steal his bones and he has uh, a best friend uh, named Vakian, who is, imagine Clank, uh, as in he's on uh, Zaha's backpack for the entire time, but you can pull his head out of the backpack and it becomes a full skeleton man with uh, guns and shit. And it is 
This first volume is just sort of about them on their way across the galaxy. It does a little bit of their flashback. Uh, you learn a bit about kind of like the state of the galaxy. There is sort of like the galaxy as we know it, and then there is this dark realm where unless you were born there, you cannot see anything. It's just perpetual, pure darkness, and it's like sort of a demony realm. Um, and it is just sort of about them having a good time, and you meet a couple of other characters like the god of death is in this who is uh, a typical Hayashida incredibly buff woman who can turn souls into chicken drumsticks <laughs> and uh, doesn't eat the main character because they, they were friends you know they met when he was like a little kid and he was on a crazy spaceship full of like like an orphan ship with a bunch of minders who turn into giant centipede monsters and she was eating those and they were cool uh, it sets up sort of the villain of the series which seemed to be like this I don't know, like, the exact error it takes. Okay, I sort of think about it. It's like that heavily sort of Catholic police state, like sort of like the medieval era where it's just people super into purity and they're going to kill everything that isn't pure. The Inquisition. Yes, that's yeah. the one. I've been stuck with that for like a month since I first picked this up. That is good to know. Um, yeah, and yeah, this first one is a lot of setup and the second one gets a bit more into it. But... The true joy of these works is kind of the same way in Dora Hedora. Should know how to pronounce that, but here we are. Uh, this is entire just... podcast is just going to be us <laughs> like, doubting ourselves every time we say anything, <laughs> even our own names. I'm sure I got all those names wrong too, but it's just the most great fun story about a friendship in just a fucked up world and just the most incredible art. If you chuck Die Dark into google you will just see these images of space but everything's made out of flesh and bones and their spaceship is like a giant meat dog and they'll just be on like the death planet which is just like these buildings of flesh and holes and sometimes cubes and skulls and a space station which has like these minders who like i said just like at night time just become a part of like a big humanoid centipede of like a hundred different people so they can go about their tasks when everyone is asleep and it was just this constant clashing of, like, the brutal and the delightful that works so well. Because there is a way she, like, draws her manga that never comes across as edgy. It's just that this is what her mind comes up with, and it is absolutely delightful. So, if you want just, like, the best art and just good times in space with your backpack skeleton buddies and a god of death, Die Dark, it is... It just it, it makes me so happy. It's a great release as well, I should say. Uh, Seven Seas can be a bit hit or miss with me sometimes, but this is like a really glossy release, really good paper quality in like a nice compact form. Yeah, cool. You love to see it. Awesome. Well, I've been I just signed up for a um, a service called Manga Planet, um, which you can find at mangoplanet.com. Um, and uh, what drew me to this is that I'm a big fan of uh, the mangaka um, food. Uh, Nobuyuki Fujimoto, who is uh, responsible for Kaiji, Ultimate Survivor, and um, Akagi. And um, I've read like a bunch of uh, his works, but a lot of it has been extremely badly translated. And I kind of got obsessed with uh, the guy who was responsible for doing all of the fan translations over the years. And he's like this guy that like dedicated like a decade of his life to, to, trans- to translating the manga and then kind of lost his mind and became a born-again Christian and quit his job at Subway because um, he thought Pokemons were... Um, Pokemon characters were like uh, like actual 
devils and then decided that in just by translating the work of this like mostly gambling manga that he was doing he was doing like the devil's work and so now he's renounced his ways and gone crazy and now uh, instead of translating manga creates videos where he like apologizes for all the work that he's done and that he's going to do better and denounces all these things that people should not denounce so it's good to be able to read uh, <laughs> so many sins ma- uh, manga um, without knowing that the guy who, uh, who who translated it lost his mind. And the only way that you can do that, um, there, there are some uh, official releases of the Kaiji series, but um, Kaiji and a few of uh, his other um, manga series are in digital format, uh, properly officially translated on Manga Planet. Uh, so you've got Gambling Emperor Legend Zero, which I'm really looking forward to reading. Gambling Apocalypse Kaiji, and um, uh, another one. What was the one that I read? Oh my god, you remember? You remember all the manga I read? I can't remember. Uh, what, was it that one you were sending me photos of last night? No, no that, that's what I'm going to talk about in a moment. Uh, it is. Um, come on, Nobuyuki Fukumoto. It's it's great because mostly he writes about like gambling, but this one is about a like hopeless loser. Uh, the legend of the strongest Kura, Kurosawa, um, and uh, yeah, look, I, I love all of all of his work. So having um, even more of them to consume um, without like the really terribly photocopied scan lines and bad translations is very exciting. So all of that is on Manga Planet. Um, but I rent through their library. A lot of it, it's mostly CNN. So I was pretty excited. Um, is it CNN or Seinen? Some everyone CNN. Kasena, there you go. I don't want to anymore. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just let it be. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've, there's a, been a few cool ones I'm looking forward to reading. Like there's something called Ragnar Chronicles um, and um, a very enticing looking book called My Favorite Carrera EV, which is about a girl who gets a new car. Um, that looks really fun. But oh, the, yeah. um, the book that uh, jumped out to me was a book called Salaryman Kintaro which uh, may be familiar to some listeners because it um, that was turned into a movie in 1999 and the anime, I believe, was available in Europe and the UK pretty prominently in the early 2000s. Brian, I don't know if it, this is on your radar at all. Uh, I have walked past this in Atari Records, yes. <laughs> uh, so Salaryman Kintaro um, was uh, published from 1994 to 2002. Uh, it's written and drawn by uh, Hiroshi Motomiya. And it is about Kintaro, who um, is the ex-leader of a bikey gang uh, with 10,000 members. Uh, but he gives it all up to start a family with a blind woman who unfortunately dies. Um, but then Kintaro, um, kind of at a loss as to what he should do next, um, saves the life of a chairman at a um, big company in in, uh, in Japan called uh, Yamato Construction. And... Um, the the chairman is like you know you saved my life I'll do anything you know that you ask me to and he's like well I've always wanted to become a salary man can I come and work for you and so he gets on a boat and goes to the city and then starts working at Yamato Construction Company and they just put him all he does all day is sharpen pencils but just in doing that he meets everyone else at the company and has all these interactions with him where they no one takes him seriously at first because he has long hair and he um, doesn't respect the hierarchy of people you should and shouldn't speak to when you are a low-level salary man. Um, but he has these interactions that all end up going quite positively and um, he starts being quite influential at the company. And But also, like he's, you know, he's a, he has a very dark history and he is a fighter by nature. So he gets into a fight one night when they're... The first night that they get their... Um, 
they get their pay, their first pay night. They go out and have some drinks and um, uh, a Yakuza um, member like pours a drink over him and so he ends up beating the shit out of him and then gets in trouble with Yakuza who come through to Yamato Construction Company the next day and demand to like, you know, speak to the boss. And he ends up, it ends up like the, the, the head of the Yakuza was in the bikey gang that he was the head of many years ago. So like it ends up being like this like, like a respectful conversation and an, an apology. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I've read two volumes of it. It's really, really funny and um, quite like, I don't know, it's one of those ones that you that you can just lose yourself to pretty quickly. I think there are 30 volumes all up and most of them are on Manga Planet. Um, what's cool about it is they release like, you know, multiple chapters each week as they translate them. Um, so yeah, it's it's a pretty cool service. I recommend it, mangaplanet.com. If you uh, need a new place to read legal manga, it's there's, there's very few of them that are good and this is definitely a good one worthy of your time. But enough of that nonsense because it's time to go on a bizarre adventure. Um, are you guys ready? Oh yeah. It's guaranteed at least more hits than our Akagi spoiler cast, so I'm in. Yeah, do you know about Akagi, Ryan? The uh, mm. Nobuyuki Fukumoto, uh, it's like 300 chapter long manga about uh, Mahjong. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually that, the reaction. That sounds very daunting. I uh, <laughs> I, re- I read it all and then forced Chloe to read it and... Uh, no regrets, right, Chloe? You, oh, like... no, it's the best. <laughs> best 260 chapter fight of my life. So one, one like the first 40, 40 chapters like tell multiple games and then 40 chapters in, they start on this one big game and over the course of 20 years of real time, as he was writing this manga, he tells the story of one night, one Mahjong game that's put there. It took him 20 years to finish the story and it... And it the whole the whole tale would have lasted maybe six hours of like in in story time, yeah, great shit. Oh, I I really love that about manga actually because there's some uh, arcs in Ice Shield Twenty One and they take place over five seconds <laughs> of just characters on a field throwing a football around, but it's every single minutia of the play by play. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah, and there's like, something that's the thing, so I- intense about it. I know nothing about Mahjong, same as you probably know very little about the sports manga, the sports yeah. in the sports manga you'll be reading, but you get so caught up in it. Um, so yeah, when, when uh, Salaryman Kintaro got invited to a Mahjong game in a recent chapter I read, I was very excited, but I was also disappointed that it only lasted one and not <laughs> 260 um, chapters. That's very uh, meager of them. I don't know about that now. Yeah, it should be, yeah. It should be at least like 50. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Volume 8, Jojo Leon. I'm going to try and pronounce it differently every time I say it. Um, this uh, began uh, being published in Ultra Jump um, from May 2011 was when it started, and it just wrapped up at the beginning of August 2021. So uh, over 10 years this went for, um, collected in 27 volumes with, was it 109 chapters? 110, 110, 110 total. Yeah. Um, and uh, since Steel Ball Run... Um, Hirohiki, sorry, Hirohiko Araki has been uh, uh, writing longer chapters as opposed to your typical shonen length, uh, which is normally like 20, 20 page long chapters that appear every week. Um, Araki yeah. will do one like 40 to 50 page long chapter a month. And so we've gotten, yeah, 110 of those. It's the longest JoJo's Bizarre Adventure volume yet. And, uh, 
I, 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 I would... uh, got the page count here. Oh, fantastic! Uh, please. The total pages. Okay, first of all, try and guess how. Okay, how many pages do you think there are Ooh. in Joe Jolien? Combined uh, total. Like, like five thousand. You're saying five thousand. Yeah. Okay, so you're closer to three thousand. You're and okay. There is four thousand seven hundred and forty-one pages. I guess it wasn't too bad. <laughs> That's a lot of pages. We'll call it an even win, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So normally, I would kind of give a brief synopsis of of of, of what this uh, this story is about. It's about a a, a man named Josuke who uh, who awakes one day without any memories. Um, without any memories, but with four testicles, and um, uh, he's discovered by um, someone who, who falls in love with him eventually, or falls in friendship with him. Um, as they, oh, they I, pay- I, 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 I absolutely ship those two. Josuke okay, and Yasuho are definitely a couple. Okay, cool. Yeah, so they're the best couple in all the JoJo's. Oh yeah, also. they're so cute. Yes, definitely. Um, and so in this book, they kind of. It's 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 a mystery, um, and my favorite um, JoJo uh, volume prior to reading this one was Diamond Is Unbreakable. Um, I loved the the mystery format. I know it was very inspired by Twin Peaks. I loved that it was all set in the one town. As much as I love like the road trip nature of um, a lot of the other JoJo volumes, I loved that this was yeah like just exploring this weird town with a bunch of freaks in it, and um, and and fighting as many of those freaks as possible. And I I thought this was a fun like. There's definitely so many references to Diamond Is Unbreakable in this. Um, if anyone wants to take the reins and explain a brief synopsis of this, um, uh, Brian on the latest Alpha has some really cool like history on it as well. So I want to hear what he has to say. Um, okay, I guess it starts off with uh, two of the main supporting characters, which is Yasuho, uh, who's the female lead, and then uh, Joshu, who's kind of a secondary male lead and it's them out by the outskirts of their town morio which is the same town from part four Mm -hmm. but it's in an alternate universe because since part seven it's uh in a different timeline and um they discover uh the unconscious body of an unknown man who has amnesia and And four balls and four testicles (laughs) For some reason, and um, <laughs> he emerges out of the ground, and all he has is a sailor's hat. And for the rest of the series, you never ever see the top of his head; it's always covered by a hat. And they always go up with clever ways because sometimes he has to take off his hat, but he will always be out of frame, so you never get to see the top of his head. I didn't notice that the entire time reading. That's funny. It's very important. And like, this is the second. Well, like, I, I, I guess with Jotaro, he has his weird hat hair as well. And sometimes he'll take the visor cap off, but it has his hair attached to it. Like it has a part of his fringe. So like, this is kind of an extension of that where like, it's the inverse where like, you will never not ever see him without the hash. And if, 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 if he does have to take off his hat, it'll be cropped. So you, so you never see the top of his head. Um, just just because that's part of the mystery. But I guess the big mystery is that he doesn't know who he is, and it's 110 chapters of him navigating a town. I guess over the space of a week, it, I'd say I'd say it's about one or two weeks total. The entire story takes place um, uh, during um, the summer of 2011, 
and um, he meets a big cast of characters and every character he meets he's not sure if he could trust them or not and so a big part of it is just are they a friend are they a foe and so every friendly he needs to encounter has to be a stand battle which is pretty traditional for Jojo and so it, it still has its kind of bad guy of the week but it's done in a kind of I guess unfriendly uncivilized way yeah, he gets taken in by a family and he doesn't know if he can trust anyone in that family and everyone in yeah. that family also happens to be a stand user. And they're very, very eccentric people. Yeah. Have you got a favourite family member? Uh, Jobin, who's the eldest brother. <laughs> he yeah. is so cool. I love Jobin. He has a gold Ferrari. He's just yep. he's, he's got it all. Gold Ferrari and, and, and multiple Beezles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Most <laughs> like, that, that, that is maybe my favorite like arc of the... If, if it's an arc, it's only a few <laughs> chapters. But the, the Beetle stag tendency. beetle fight. I was yeah, like, oh, oh yeah, I'm, so I, could, I could absolutely read an entire manga that is just beetles fighting. The entire 250 chapters. <laughs> yeah, please. At least. <laughs> and it's just them with the brushes brushing the pheromones on the little like mini sumo <laughs> stand. Oh, it's so intense. And that bit where Jobin's stand pops out just for a second... And you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I, I, I also do like the the youngest son, Joshu, who's just like, like the way I kind piece of, of shit. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an absolute piece of shit. Like, and like, he keeps trying to almost redeem himself. And then he'll just like completely backfire it by saying something really, really <laughs> predatory or pervy. And yeah. you're just like, dude, what are you doing? And so I, I do like him, but like it's it's really hard to have him as your favorite because he's so fucking problematic. But he also he's a real special the, guy. One of, the, one of the stupidest stands in JoJo history, too. Oh my god! And he's so bad at using it. What can he do? It, it, like he can make nuts and bolts go through objects or people's bodies, and then if if then he can undo the bolts and then like make someone's arm fall off. Yeah. He's, he's, he's basically the first half of part four of Josuke's stand where he can just disassemble, but he mm. cannot rebuild for shit because he's just not competent. Like, he probably <laughs> can rebuild. He's just, like, so destructive that he can't. It just doesn't reflect in his stand. <laughs> um, um, and, and there's two sisters as well. There's Daya, who's the younger sister, and then Kato is the older sister. Um, Daya's the first member you're kind of introduced to properly like she's the first like stand battle and her ability what's it called again Stan- uh, uh, King Bed yes California uh, King Bed because I I, I, I I think they're all named after Elvis Presley songs <laughs> I, I could be wrong about that but I think they're I think a lot of the stand names in part 8 are based on Elvis Presley songs um, but yeah Hers is pretty good. It, it's kind of similar to Alessi's stand in part three, uh, except uh, you have to step on her shadow, but it's really hard to step on her shadow. Okay, I've just Googled this. Uh, California King Bed is actually a song by Rihanna. <laughs> oh, my God. Same person, if you think about it. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm thinking of the like the final, final stand, which is The Wonder of You. I'm pretty sure that's an Elvis song. Okay. <laughs> what if they're all Rihanna songs? <laughs> Oh, I, um, I, 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 I'm just not a good Rihanna fan. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm definitely right about the Wonder of You, so I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, then Kato, who, who, who kind of blossoms her stand fairly late. Um, she's a fun character. Um, she has a like a major role in my favorite arc, but we'll probably get to that in a bit. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the dad, Norisuke, who's like very, very honest about Stan's. And I've never heard anyone say this in the JoJo series ever about like, like Josuke just straight up goes to him and goes like, have you got a stand? And he's like, well, yeah, obviously I, I have a stand, but you know, you know, it's private. You wouldn't go around showing someone your asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's such an honest line. way. And it's like, well, yeah, like I'd say a lot of people have stands. It's just, you know, it's none of your business. It's a very intimate is, thing to do. His stand is called King Nothing, named after the Metallica song. Yeah, I, I love his stand as well with the jigsaw puzzle pieces. Such a great design. Yep. Um, then there's um, kind of the extra character... Sorry, well, there's there's the maid, Nejimura, who's kind of got the same surname as Okiyasu, but she's not who she seems to be. Then there's the mom. I can't remember the mom's name. Kato. So she's Kato and the eldest daughter oh, is Kato. So- oh, okay, yeah. Um, she's she's very good, and I, I still wish we got to see more of her because she was so tragic. Yes. And I love her design. Um, who else is there? There's uh, Jobin's wife and Jobin's son, Jobin's son in particular is very unusual because he he was drawn very differently at the beginning when when they did a fra- family photo and I think mm-hmm. he was depicted as a baby but then later on was like He's rejigged like to be like yeah to be like uh, like a tween who has to wear um girls clothes uh, as a superstition to protect from the family curse but he's just like a horny little shit, just like Joshu. <laughs> um, we forgot to he, mention that uh, Joshu's stand with the nuts and bolts is called Nut King Call. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, 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 there's Jobin's wife, but like to me, she was kind of she never really stood out to me. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to remember it now. She has uh, an energy stand where where she can control the direction of forces. And so there's oh, one particular moment where cool. she's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, her stand is cool. Where um, the, the, the most notable thing I can remember is there's a bit where she's like chopping off vegetables and she accidentally cuts off all her fingers because of um, the uh, calamity <laughs> right. stand. But then she just uses her stand to just sort of like seal them back onto her hand again. Because she's kind of got like semi-healing, pro- like, like, uh, like, I, I, I guess abilities to her stand, arrow power. Yeah, yeah. There was um, isn't someone someone's got a stand? Like someone, one of the, one of the people they fight, their stand is called Doggy Style. That was great. That's uh, Mame Zuka. Well. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I guess the main stand in this is Josuke's stand, which is soft and wet, which is a, a Prince <laughs> song, I think. And soft and wet is fucking brilliant. I love the design of soft and wet, where like it, it's 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 got the nautical design where it kind of looks like an anchor, but it looks like a like a robotic alien anchor. And mm-hmm. I, I guess the basic the basis of the stand is that it has bubbles that can take the properties of something else, but it also has an additional combination from uh, another stand where the bubbles explode. Yep. And so he can cause explosions but he can but he can hide the sound inside the bubbles. So it kind of works as this like stealth stand but it's also extremely like volatile and destructive. 
Yes, no, totally. And so, yeah, the the, the bulk of the uh, the enemies that uh, Joseph K is like, obviously he can't trust a lot of people, so he's fighting everyone left, right, and center. But the uh, the main uh, antagonists that 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 he's up against are the the rock humans. Yes, the rock men, which are kind of like a callback to the pillar men in JoJo Part Two. And um, at the, at the beginning, they're very very mysterious, but by the end, Iraqi has like taken time aside on certain chapters to explain like the biology of them (laughs) and how i guess if we're carbon-based people the rock men are silicon based and they age differently yeah the the wiki is very comprehensive i'm looking at it here (laughs) it's it's something else here's how they sleep here's how they they can breed 97.5 percent of the times okay (laughs) Yeah, I think the problem when you binge a massive series like this, as opposed to reading it month to month and savoring every page, is that when he does throw like those pages and pages of lore at you, I'm just kind of like I'm skimming it because I want to get back to the fight that I'm, that that the you know the 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 rock the rock human info dump is in the middle of. Yeah. Oh, that that lore is like because like I I I I think that's a thing that Iraqi does where. Um, when he creates a character, he creates a very comprehensive backstory. And the majority of the time, that is unknown to the reader. It's only known to him. But I guess with the Rockman, he just got too excited and just re- kind of had to kind of overload us with a lot of unnecessary information about them. Yes. Yeah. So we fight lots of different uh, rock rock humans throughout. I think my favorite is uh, uh, a guy who um, his name is uh, Damo. And Damo, he, yeah, uh, Damo Tamaki, he- fucking brilliant. Yeah, uh, he he basically po- like poses as a, as a, the boyfriend of Hato, the eldest uh, daughter, and um, comes in and basically takes uh, holds everyone in in the house, including Josuke, um, hostage with his stand, uh, which is called Vitamin C, named after the excellent Can song, um, and he can basically liquefy people <laughs> um, after he touch after they touch an object that has his fingerprints on it. They kind of their body turns to liquid and he's just like this gross greasy looking fuckhead <laughs> the the bit the bit where they're like please take a seat and he sits into that like armchair and is and he's like too wide and his ass just like blows it out and then his like hair like his like his like hair comb over like unsettles and you're just like what what's wrong with this guy <laughs> And, and it's such a bad first impression, but like that's exactly what he wants you to think because it's all just like a front because he's really, really clever and calculating. Um, yeah, that that was that, my that favorite stand amazing. battle. Oh yeah, I think. for sure. I, it, it's a really, really interesting part as well because like that's like the exact midpoint of the whole series, and that's kind of when you learn Josuke's identity and like a big half of the mystery is kind of revealed to the reader in a really, really fun way. And then you get that flashback and it kind of flips between, you know, the present and the past. But it's 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 the same character they're fighting against. And it's kind of the victory of one timeline and the loss of the other. But how, yes. you know, um, it, 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 it all kind of culminates then in just this cool collaboration of a fight. And I, I, I really like that about Jojo, that a lot of the best stand battles are won by people kind of combining their stands together to kind of outsmart someone's overpowered stand. Yeah, it's like watching someone play a puzzle game. Yeah. Like a point and click adventure and having and combining the like, you know, the 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 blender with the frog 
to to overcome the great darkness or whatever. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think yeah, the this one like obviously coming straight into this after Steel Ball Run, which was it like that that one throws you into the the story instantly. Um, and like you know, you, you're you're aware of the world. You're aware of like what everyone's motives are. Like you know that there, that there is this race. It's a very easy to understand uh, beginning to that story. Whereas this was is is like yeah, like it's it's a mystery. You have this guy appearing without memories, and slowly you meet other characters who he's not sure of. They're not sure of him. I it took me a little bit to gel with this one, but once I did, like especially around that middle point, uh, it yeah, was, I, I was like, man, I think this is my favorite JoJo series. <laughs> But um, you mentioned on uh, Let's Fight a Boss this week when you were talking about your general thoughts on the series that Araki um, has admitted to writing this series as he goes along. Like, you know, he takes pride in not really knowing what's going to happen 10, 20, 50 chapters from now. Um, And because of that, there are many things that get brought up early on in a series that aren't really ever concluded properly. Oh, yeah, Um, for sure. Um, I, I, I think with the mystery genre... Plant and payoffs are incredibly important. Like, I think if you go back to something like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle did Sherlock Holmes, there's so many, like, misdirections in those. And they're kind of like the, the, the like, kind of the, the uh, DNA that's in a lot of co- contemporary mystery where there's all these, like, like plot treads or characters or just even, like, you know, objects that 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 don't get explained until like the last five pages and mm. so i think some some readers were kind of being a bit too optimistic about certain things being resolved um but i think for the most part and like I, I'm, I, I'm i'm trying to think of like big spectacle tv shows like lost as well and like a lot of those shows like they do have to leave certain mysteries unanswered because they've written themselves into a hole that they just can't write themselves out. And I think for the most part, um, it's like, like to write a mystery, but wing it for a decade and have a satisfying ending is a huge success. So one of the biggest ones that stood out to me and correct me if I'm wrong, if this was resolved in a way that was meaningful, but early on in the book, um, Yosuke and, um, Yasuo, is it her name? Yuasa? Um, she, Yasuo. Yasuho, sorry. Um, they go to someone's apartment that used to belong to... Because, yeah, Yosuke is the combination of two people. And they go to the apartment of his body, where his body belonged to, and they find photos in there of him doing, like, what is suggested to be, like, despicable sexual acts to somebody. Yeah. Or, like, or yeah, like, you know. And was that ever kind of explained that, like... Because um, I, I, I think what they wanted to do there was that's a misdirection because... We are familiar with this character in the original universe and the like awful crimes they've committed in that timeline. Of but um, I, can, can we can we get into that spoiler or, or yeah? Like, we... Okay, like, I mean, I, I dare say I, I reckon that anyone who hasn't read it is gone. Shut the fuck you're talking about and <laughs> yeah. tuned out by now anyway. But yeah, let's let's go full spoilers. Okay, so I guess yeah, like in in the first ten chapters. He goes to a hat shop because the hat, the sailor's hat that he has on is very important. And the hat salesman calls him Yoshikage Kira. And he's like, who's that? Uh, and they go back to Yoshikage Kira's apartment. And if anybody uh, is familiar with the series, Yoshikage Kira is a serial killer villain from part four. Mm-hmm. And 
for the most part, women's hands off and and, yeah. and, and t- takes them around with him, and has a framed photo of the Mona Lisa, and <laughs> the the same person has like fingernail cuttings and jars and the Mona Lisa on the wall, and at this point you just think like, okay, Yoshikage Kira is in the story again, and to an extent he is, but I think it's just a misdirection where. He's in it, but he's just like a weird kinky guy. But I think he's, you know, a consensual guy. He's not okay. like, you know, a serial a serial killer like he is in like he is in the present day. Or, or sorry, in, in, in sorry, in, in, in the alternate version in, in the original in part four. But I think Yoshikage Kira is meant to be the Jotaro Kujo of part eight because they're roughly the same age and they're the son of Holly Joestar. Mm-hmm. And they line up that way, and I guess like I, I I guess with Jotaro, like he's probably the most famous JoJo protagonist. But I guess Joe, I, I guess with Jotaro, he has a side to him where he's he's very cold and dismissive, and that's reflected in Yoshikage Kira as well, where he's just very dismissive of people, um, and kind of doesn't associate with people for the most part, keeps to himself. And so they're kind of using that personality of Jodoro Kujo from applying it to Yoshikage Kira. But we have kind of this misconception that it's going to be, you know, overly negative, whereas it's really just like a, like a weird personality quirk instead. Just a kinky, kinky man. Yeah. <laughs> just just a very cultured person. Were there, were there uh, any uh, unresolved um, elements for you that were frustrating? So yeah, I, I I guess in the first ten chapters again, in 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 Kira's apartment, um, when Josuke's having uh, that stand battle with the guy in the apartment one floor up, the guy <laughs> yeah, who I has about that guy. <laughs> the guy has no fingers but he has prosthetic fingers, uh, and there's a bit where Josuke gets like uh, like a like like a memory flashback. and it's of a man who's now been referred to as the flashback man. And he doesn't look like anybody that ever appears in the series. Like, he kind of looks a bit like Jobin, because he's about Jobin's age. But, like, Jobin becomes a very different character. And Jobin has a lot of distinct, like, details on his face. And he has a hair clip that that he has that nobody else has. And so it's just this character that never comes up again. And so to me, it's kind of like that bit at the beginning of Steel Ball Run where there's that guy who has like a tiny horse show and he has these six inch tall horses and it's never explained and you just have to be like, okay, sure. Yeah, I, I think that that's the, all those weird little bits that aren't explained is definitely part of the charm of, yeah. of Jojo overall. But yeah, when, when you are doing like this big mystery, I guess there is more of a more pressure to explain things. Yeah. There's another character as well called Carrera, uh, who's got a stand called Love Love Deluxe, and so she's kind of like um, who's who's the girl with the hair ability in Part Four, uh, Koichi's girlfriend. What's her name again? Uh, I know who you're talking about, but no. yeah, Yukiko. Yukiko is that her name? Uh, um, let's just go, let's go with yes. Yeah, um, and so she's kind of Yukaka, meant to be Yukiko. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, I really, really love her in Part it. Four, and so love deluxe. It, and so it, it was cool to see her counterpart in Part Eight. Um, 
but I kind of found what they did with her to be a bit underwhelming where she just shows up for about two or three chapters and she's kind of there to kind of drop information to advance the plot but she doesn't like stick around as an ally and I kind of wish she did because Josuke does get an ally in the last third of the series and I'm not into that character at all uh, and he just he stays around for the rest of the the show essentially um but I guess it's kind of like which how, card is that uh Mami Zuka that yeah the plant oh, appraiser yes, yeah, yeah. um some people like him I just never got into him I thought what they did with the stand was cool but I, that is like the that's a doggy style guy right yeah yeah and his it's stand like sort of is kind of like stone free sticking point with uh jojo line which is i like uh yasuho and i like a lot of the individual characters but it never like kind of has that part four thing of just the most solid main crew that you're just so happy to always see together yeah there's no gang no there isn't um it's josuke meeting people individually but it seems like they don't have a routine or a life outside of him yeah, I think that's why the um, the fight against Damo is so good because it really feels like, you know, he's taken the whole gang, like the whole family and Jessica hostage and they all have to work together yeah. to beat him. Oh, um, so good. That's the strongest. That and the stag beetle fight. They're my favorite bits from from this series. Um, should we talk about the the ending? I guess like the end stand where, where we have this uh, this stand who we think is an actual character for, for quite a few chapters. And then that it's revealed that that character, this, this head of the hospital is actually someone's stand. Yeah. Um, so the stand is called the wonder of you. And he, this, the stand is originally introduced because um, I, I, I guess with any main villain, Jojo stand, it takes several chapters to explain the mechanics. I remember in part seven, it's funny. Valentine's, uh, the main villain and his stand is D4C, is it? Dirty Deeds yeah, dirty Done Dirt Cheap. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And it takes ages. It took like a, the better part of a year, I guess, serialized to explain how that stand works with the dimension hopping and that it needs yeah. a flat surface to, 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 to portal between. Steel Ball Run is so good and I really thought it was going to be my favorite until that. Like I, I found the explanation of his powers and and the um the battle afterwards to to be like such a drag after such a quickly paced um, series before it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you're introduced to the stand first, but the stand has an illusion projection on top of him, uh, where it's a guy called Satoru Akatu, and he works at the hospital because they keep end up going back to the university hospital, and I think he's like. Uh, an 89 year old man and like he's well known in the hospital and he gives speeches at medical conferences and people talk to him and like he exists but it's a stand that people can see because the stand is so powerful that it has like a physical manifestation and it's it's cool the way it works because like for ages it's just a very old man with a scary face. And I guess he kind of looks like a fucked up version of the Monopoly man. Like he has the little monocle <laughs> and everything and he has the bowler hat and he has a cane. Like he just looks real dodge. Um, but then when you kind of get to see his true form and you see him as a stand, he just looks like a weird, like haunted clock. Yeah. And, and if, if you pursue him, um, basically like you, you're, you, you, 
you're doomed because yeah. uh, ac- accidents before you the longer you pursue him until you die. Yeah, and it could be an inconvenience like you walk into a glass door that you didn't realize was there because it was, you know, very well polished or uh, an airplane in the sky starts falling apart and a jet engine will start hurling towards your exact location. <laughs> it's just this ridiculous god power calamity stand. <laughs> that last fight is like brilliant because it's so annoying but so good just how often they fuck up like every time it's like the final shot and it just misses and it just yeah. keeps going oh it's so stressful and the bit where like josuke figures out that you have to indirectly do it oh it's so good um i i, I really like as well that josuke is so smart and he kind of figures out that um the old man is actually a stand but he can't pursue him, so he blackmails him and then just sits in a chair and just waits for, like, six months serialized. Like, and it <laughs> keeps cutting back to Josuke, and he's just sitting on a fold-out chair with his arms folded as well, just waiting, because, like, he can't pursue this guy because they they've, they tried two arcs previous to pursue him, and it just kept backfiring. Um. So, yeah, the the... The big fight, I think, is a pretty satisfying one uh, in terms of like comparing it to previous JoJo's. Yeah. Um, but do we want to talk about like the greater world building in, that happens in the final two chapters of JoJo Lian? Like, yeah, I guess so. Um, Steel Ball Run and stuff. And then, yeah, yeah I guess like the, the lineage of characters mm. beneath. Yeah. yeah. It's a really interesting way to do an epilogue because um, they defeat the big bad. And then the next chapter, you think you're going to get, like, closure on everyone. But it goes, no, 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 wait a second. And they it, it takes you back, like, 60, 70 years to, like, mm-hmm. early 1940s Japan. And it's the same town, Morio. And it's Lucy Steele um, from Part 7. And she's part of the Speedwagon Foundation. And she investigates unusual occurrences. And Morio is one of those places it's sim- similar to what the the dev- devil's palm, devil's hand, is yep. that, that what it's called? Yeah, in part seven. And so with Morio, there's uh, the walleyes and there's kind of like the the unusual earthquakes and kind of what's going on in the ground around there. And that's kind of to do with the stone, the stone men that live in the area that kind of work the gardens, which you <laughs> uh, see very, very briefly, but it makes a lot of sense. And you're like, oh, I, I, I guess it's true. Um, but you meet a character called uh, Joseph Joestar, but he's called Josephumi. And they fight a guardrail on the side of a road. <laughs> Who eats their driver. Yeah. And makes them strip, of course. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they really didn't explain that. And it's, and it's called Radio, radio Gaga, <laughs> the Radio Gaga incident. Yeah. So this is yeah, yeah exa- a very amusing to get that when you are expecting yeah some closure and like a, a, a like a wrap up of of what's just happened in the main series because um, it, it, it the, the first chapter like of, of these two ends on a cliffhanger where yeah Lucy Steele's about to be eaten by a guardrail yeah and it's got the little like narrator like bumper at the bottom that says stay tuned for the final chapter next next month and you're like <laughs> what but the pacing yeah. <laughs> But then, but then the last chapter is really good, and you're like, you know what? They they wrapped up it as best they could. They kind of finish off that little flashback in a really satisfying way. They cut back to the present day, and things are going to be all right. 
Yeah, and they tie everything up really well because I like that. Like this, so much of of uh, Joe Jolien is um, is influenced by the actions of what happened post Steel Ball Run. The whole um, eye for an eye, like what's it called? The the swapping uh, equivalent exchange. You know, the, the, Equivalent exchange, yeah. Um, and and then we learn that like how the the, the hero of Steel Ball Run dies uh, in maybe like the most tragic main character death. Um, he like basically gives his give. He is the he is an equivalent exchange because his uh his 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 baby is is killed. Yeah. Um, yeah, because 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 the son is still George Joe Star, isn't it? Yeah. And then George had Joseph, and then Joseph had Holly, and then Holly had Yoshikage. It's so it's so interesting to see that kind of like timeline, or, or I, I guess to see the family tree. But you could see where it like splintered off, and you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> but but then for uh, the kind of the namesake, because uh, the protagonist Josuke Higashikata kind of finally kind of comes to terms with his new identity, but at the same time he's kind of making peace with his two halves because he's. The combination of Yoshikage Kira and a character called Josefumi Kujo, mm-hmm. and in a previous flashback, you see Josefumi Kujo, and he has the star-shaped birthmark on his shoulder as well. And I guess it's sort of implied because Joseph Joestar in um, the original universe was kind of a tomcat. He was kind of not the most faithful of husbands, <laughs> and I kind of get the feeling that Joseph Joestar. Um, had Holly Joestar, you know, as with, with, within wedlock, but I get the feeling that Josefumi Kujo might be his illegitimate son, and so you kind of get this interesting combination where it's like part four, where you have Josuke and you have Jotaro, and you know the nephew is younger than, uh, or the nephew is older than the uncle, and they kind of pair well together. But I guess in the Part 8 universe, it's the nephew and the uncle character dynamic again, except they work so well that they became one guy. And and that guy is just, he's, 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 he's at peace with himself and he's ready to kind of live with his new family that he's kind of been through a lot of tough shit with. Uh, but they're all going to pick out a cake together. <laughs> yeah that's right it's a, it's a great ending <laughs> yeah it's a really sweet ending as well considering like I'm I'm, I'm 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 trying to think of like all the endings to the different Jojo's like part one ends in tragedy mm-hmm. uh, part two ends good it's, it's it's got a very funny funeral it's a lot of hijinks part yeah you tra- think it's going to be tragedy but then it ends in a, yeah. you know, a funny like gotcha moment part three is happy but it's really somber because of like the amount of people they lost Part four is fucking hilarious. That ambulance bit is so good. <laughs> part four is my, yeah, I just yeah. love everything about it. What four. a fucking ending. Um, part five <laughs> is good. Part five is, you know, like it's it, it's a real hero's journey kind of ending. Um, I, yeah, look, I, I, it's important to have a, a, a character appear as a ghost in a JoJo series for me. Yeah. Uh, part six <laughs> is incredibly tragic. Part six is real sad. And then, and then also confusing as hell. Oh yeah, it is, yeah. Part seven, <laughs> part seven's really sad, but then it has this weird like "fuck you" at the end, where it's like, and that little boy that Gyro was trying to raise awareness for died of a cold. Yeah. So we know that the next 
Oh, actually, before we before we move on, Chloe, have you got any uh, closing thoughts for Jojo Lian? Uh, I mean, I really loved it. I think the mystery worked in like uh, a lot of different ways. Like, I love the setup of the plant and the rockman, and that works super well across like the last fifty chapters. We but, we uh, didn't talk uh, about the plant at all, did we? The the Lokaka ka or the Roka. Plant, yeah. yeah. And like it really turns into this weird gardening adventure for the second half. <laughs> like 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 the gardening is very important. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Where's and the, the tree? F- what did it grow off of? And like yeah. the the history of fruit in Japan as well and how like fruit is is traditionally given as a as a gift at at funerals when someone has died. <laughs> and like you learn a lot from reading these books. <laughs> Yeah, and just, uh, I think at the end, I was just really happy that uh, Joshu keeps the baby arm. That was good. Oh my God, that was brilliant. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, to, to, to me, that was kind of like a callback with Polnareff, because Polnareff takes a lot of damage to one of his arms. He loses a few fingers on one of his hands. And so it, yep. it, it's that kind of thing where there's there, there's always one ally that kind of gets, like, paralyzed or amputated or gets, like, something happens to one of their limbs. And so... I guess in Joshu's case, he gets the equivalent exchange and he just has a little baby arm. Um, any, anything else, Chloe? Are we good? Uh, no, I think... Oh, I um, I love the stand designs. I think they're the coolest in the whole series. And they're all amazing. And powers. Like, people say this... I've heard the series called as like sort of like a chess match of, you know, action battles. But this one really feels like it because the amount of them that just don't act even as regular fights like i caught up just as we started like because i had sort of started jojo line and then i was gonna wait to the end and then someone told me they were fighting a doll's house and i went all right i'm in <laughs> poor yeah, tom that was that was uh, we didn't even talk about poor tom um, poor, great, that great dude fucks. that guy <laughs> <laughs> that guy is living the dream like he's doing way better than than, than jobin like jobin wishes he was poor tom <laughs> Uh, I loved all the flashback stuff as well when you learn what happened to Josuke and Kira. The bit the bit where they're on the boat and Damo is there with the architect and he's just so pissed about how long it took them to find out because they had like compared the weight of the Lokakaka uh plant or the yeah, the, the fruit. And then he just starts taking out like one thousand yen notes and just slicing them up a little bit. And like Kira tries to use Killer Queen's um, sheer heart attack ability. And, like, that thing was so dangerous in part four. And he just uses his stand and just, like, melts the wheel so it just turns to grease. (laughs) And you're just like, no fucking way. That thing was such a problem. How? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so we know that the next the next book is called Jojo Lands, or tentatively called Jojo Lands. Do we know anything else about it besides that? Uh, nothing at all. Um, I was reading up on the break between, or like the gap between part seven and part eight, and it was only a couple months. Um, I, I think Hell part yeah. seven, yeah. So I, I think part seven wrapped up in early two thousand and eleven, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, Part 8 started then in the summer of 2011. So if this is wrapped up in August, it could potentially start by the end of the year. So there could be a new JoJo, which is kind of crazy. Because JoJo, to me, feels like it, 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 it's existed for so long and there's specific JoJo's. And there hasn't been a new JoJo in over a decade. 
Like, what's this Jojo going to look like? Is 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 he going to be a boy, a girl? Someone we haven't even considered? Like, who is this Jojo? Yeah, it's exciting. So this... It says that this is this JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is almost older than me. I think it's older than both of you, if I'm right about your ages. Uh, are you guys younger than 87? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's definitely older than older than you, Chloe. But yeah, it's crazy to think that Araki, who is in his 60s now, has just wrapped up a more than 10 year long story, and the fact that he's even thinking about starting a new one is just like unfathomable to me. Like, have a break, man. <laughs> yeah, he just really likes JoJo. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, so let's. I, I gave you guys a, a, just a little bit of warning that I was going to ask you to rank or try to rank every part or every JoJo part. Um, so I'll, I'll start. Um, I'm, I'm going to go from uh, from the bottom to the top. So. Uh, starting at the lowest, I'd put Phantom Blood, then Stone Ocean, then Battle Tendency, Golden Wind, Steel Ball Run, Stardust Crusaders, Jojolian is my second favorite, and my favorite is Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. That's a, a good list. Brave. I like it. Um, uh, Brian, you want to go with yours? Uh, mine would probably be uh, Battle Tendency, uh, then Phantom Blood. Then uh, Golden Wind, uh, then Stone Ocean, Stardust Crusaders, uh, Steel Ball Run, Joe Jolian, Diamond is Unbreakable. Ah. Huge. Uh, mine would be Stardust Crusaders Last. Oh my god! So I, I, I refuse what? to accept this. <laughs> I like, what? Uh, like I love it, but like <laughs> that's what this is why I put. This is my man Chloe go last. <laughs> but it's got an uh, orangutan in it. It's also got like a a, a shit thrown baby. But that's like, the best know? part. <laughs> Several Polar dogs die a baby in like, a poo. Uh, like carousels as well. Like like twice. <laughs> I love it. It's still the best. It's just like I think that one drags the most at times, which stops me from really loving it. Well, I think like the rest of them only drags for. Oh no! See, I, I find that I reckon that's the best paced one. Okay. 
maybe I'm just like I'm truly uncultured now. I've revealed myself. Not, <laughs> no, I love uh, it. I love it. So it's, a, it's a brave, a big brave statement. Then <laughs> uh, Phantom Blood. Then Battle Tendency. Uh, it's a Golden Wind, Stone Ocean, Steel Ball Run, Diamond is Unbreakable, Jojo Leon off the top. Whoa. Wow. A huge oh. success. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Araki. You've done it for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, so, I'm very, very uh, happy that I've... That I've uh, that I've, I've read this all this year. I'm actually, I just started reading Fist of the North Star as well. And it's funny, like seeing how similar it is to, um, to Phantom Blood. Yeah, because and, uh, it was made as a response to that. And it was probably the editor being like, just do what they're doing and just do like a British thing on it. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you ever read Fist of the North Star? Um, I've only just seen it out of context, to be honest. Man, it's <laughs> And so it's just fun. Mad Max, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's like it's it's unbelievably well drawn. The the new Viz release um, release for it, yeah, like these gorgeous hardcovers. Um, it's it's funny though, like yeah, to have like such a beautiful like beautifully hardcover bound version of such a <laughs> stupid macho story. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> have you got a favorite JoJo? Oh yeah, Josuke from from four. I just like yes, yeah, <laughs> it, it's impossible not for him. He has the best hair. He has the stupidest. Like he's like Marty McFly, like you know. Yeah. If you, if you, except instead of calling him chicken, if you say anything about his dumb hair, he gets so angry that he can't hold his anger back. But besides besides that, he's a relatively cool and calculated kind of character. Um, I love his outfit, like the school uniform, um, and I just yeah, I love how good he is at making friends. That's my favorite thing about the JoJo series. So JoJo Leon was a little disappointing in that regard. That. I guess I guess it would be hard to make friends if you didn't really know who you were yourself. So that is justified. Yeah. But um, Josuke in, in part four absolutely knows who he is, and he's very good at making friends. I I, I think my with favorite. The, yeah, no, go on. Uh, just with Okuyasu as well is like it's the dream team. Like <laughs> yeah. he's not a JoJo, but you put the two of them together, it's just like it's unreal. Uh, he's the best boyfriend. He's amazing. <laughs> um, I I I think for me it's part eight. Uh, uh, Josuke is my favorite JoJo. I just I love his design. I, I love yep. the village people aesthetic of it. Like, because before I read it, I, I saw the cover and I was like, "So is it about a guy that that's on a boat and he just like sails around the place and kind of does stuff?" And it's like, no, it's not that at all. And just <laughs> just his whole kind of him coming to terms with his identity. Really, I I, I love that about him. Um, and just how kind natured he is, and just like his weird quirks like how he has to sleep under a mattress yes because because he likes <laughs> <Yes>. the pressure <laughs> um he's just a really unusual guy um and i really really like the gap between his teeth i really like the nickname gappy i, I always call him gappy just, he's also the sexiest i think oh yeah like he the is sailor outfit and like he loses the sleeves for a bit they're very good he has yeah, a belly button okay. on display all not, the not, time he's so when you're sexy that's for sure yeah, yeah. oh he's hot <laughs> Chloe, yeah, it yeah. Part four, uh, Josuke with Okiyasu. They're they're the two, they're the go- the goats. Yeah, man, so many good characters in part four. Um, overall, uh, yeah, it's funny. Um, just just uh, like when when you think about like I'm, I'm like still like blown away that you think that Phantom Crusaders is the worst one because for me, like that's when Jojo like Araki realizes what Jojo is for me. Like the part one and part two, it's kind of like. It really seems like he's yeah 
he's got the story. He knows what he wants to tell in the story, but doesn't really know what the greater JoJo series is capable of. And then suddenly it all just fits into place, and 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 Phantom Crusaders kind of sets the sets the the scene for the following volumes as well. Yeah, no, I I I, I do really love the family lineage thing and how uh, it's just them kind of fighting uh, a greater evil that kind of erupts in a new form, but it's 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 based on a curse from the past. Mm-hmm. And so that just starts off with some dickhead vampire that just won't fucking quit <laughs> to just uh, <laughs> magic fruit. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you could have any stand from the Jojo, every Jojo volume, um, what would you pick? Hmm. Who's got a good like teleportation stand? Like who's got a convenient one? You don't want to like you don't want one that's really hard to explain. So like when someone realizes <laughs> you have powers, it's gonna just sit down for a while. I'll tell you how this works. I, I actually would love D four C. I love I, I I love the whole magician aspect to it as well. Um, I, I I there's it, it's it's got a lot of function. Yeah, I have to admit, like one thing that I I was hoping would make a comeback was the um. You know, the, the perfect angle of throwing or doing things that happens in Steel Ball Run. I was oh, thinking yeah. that was just going to be like a, a constant in JoJo series from now on. Yeah, I kind of thought Spin was going to come back because it alludes to it for a second. Yeah, it's it like, does. Yeah, like spin going to be the most important part. It's like, oh, you know. The bubbles aren't bubbles. It's just a high frequency crescent that's moving so fast <laughs> that looks like a sphere. Yeah. I think Paisley Park would be pretty useful, but I think the stand would terrify me. Paisley, like more than yeah. any of the others, just being around would be. Paisley Park is just like it, it could it could destroy any catfish. It's amazing, <laughs> and just like the amount of shit that Yasuho can dig up on anyone is, and and the fact that it like evolves to the point that it just sinks with her, so she sees it like scanning in her eyes by the end. Yeah, it's, it's so good. That's such and a good toilet. Stand. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that 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 someone's stand can be undone by a phone going in a toilet is a uh, is means it's not one that I'm, I'm rushing to get. Uh, I like um, uh, what's her name? Stone Ocean JoJo, the being able to turn your body into string. Stone free. That's a great stand. Stone free. Yeah, good stand. And ju- and just the fact um, that she can use it as a way to like choke people or kind of smother them and control them, but then she could also use it as a way to evade by just you know going full ribbon and just kind of slinking in underneath tight spaces and things like that. Like the bit where they're in the plane and she uses stone free to kind of survive an explosion is so good. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of really great parts in that, that I think that I think maybe like the, the anime might be a better way to tell a story than the manga did. Yeah. Um, do you watch all the anime series of Jojo? Uh, yeah, I do. But for me, the main thing is reading it in color. I can't wait to reread all of part eight in color because sometimes it's really hard to tell what is going on and where are people in relation to each other in the perspective of the location in black and white. Yep. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially in the more like hectic action scenes. Yeah, and like, um, yeah, especially because a lot of characters are bleeding and they're losing a lot of blood. And it's kind of hard to tell, like, are they dying right now or are they going to be fine next week? Like, what's, what's, what's going on here? Yeah, one thing I'm most excited for Stone Ocean, the animator, to I want it to finish. I know I'm like I'm, I'm thinking ten years ahead or whatever, but I want to know because they've said that it's impossible for them to make Steel Ball run. Oh yeah, horses, horses, horses are way too hard. 
<laughs> like, and I want to know if yeah, I want to. I'm hoping that by the time Stone Ocean's done, we have the technology for horses. The only way they're going to do Steel Ball Run is like they're going to have to film it all from the waist up and just like not have. They're, they're, it's, it's just gonna yeah yeah they're just gonna have the characters rocking up and down on a saddle and like occasionally they'll cut to a wide shot but it'll be very heavy reuse or some sort of cgi horse that has like a low poly jojo stuck on it for a wide shot or something <laughs> horses are so hard um, to animate yeah oh yeah of course that's uh that's that's uh brian's bread and butter yes uh i, I work in animation actually last year i worked on my little pony uh, oh really? Yeah, oh yeah. The hardest Still job of your life. Yeah. Oh, so it was. It was a very complicated show. Those. Those, those are some difficult horses. <laughs> nah. They don't even run very fast. No, nah, they're all like stubby. It was fine, and they're all the same rig. Uh, uh, so it's just the same horse with just different hair and different accessories. Damn. Yeah. Is there a um a fight or moment from Jojolian that you were looking forward to one day seeing animated more than any others? Oh. Um. In part seven, there's a bit where Johnny and Gyro fight a guy that makes the left side of your vision disappear, isn't there? Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's another guy that has a steel ball, doesn't it? But a steel ball works that it obscures your vision. Yes. I really, really want to see how they do that uh, in motion. And how how they do it like visually, but also how they do it with the sound. Because it's got to have like this weird muffled effect to it as well. Uh, I'm I'm just really curious about that stand and how it's just going to be done in animation. Chloe, anything that you that you're looking forward to seeing animated? Oh, it's lame, but like true man's world. I want a good voice actor for Mandom. I want to see them perspectives in animation. I want that shit just to be the most hype thing around. That's my favorite fight from Steel Ball Run. It's unreal. Cool. Awesome. And Beetle Fight. Yes, yeah. obviously, Beetle Fight. Beetle Fight 3032. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that is it for uh, our, our, our big Jojolian uh, episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope uh, if you haven't read it and you've somehow made it this far, we've convinced you that it's something you should be reading. Uh, highly <laughs> recommend reading all eight volumes of Jojo in, in, in six months if you're, if you're able to, like I did. Um, for, for something that it does rely on fan translations, um, I think the fan subs are pretty good. The yeah, fan, they are. Translations, whatever you call it, yeah. I've, uh, I've read a lot of really bad ones in the last year and Jojo across the board is, is pretty good. Um, if you uh, would like to hear Chloe's podcast, look up the podcast Wine Mums and Brian can be heard on uh, the fortnightly podcast Let's Fight a Boss. Um, is there anything else either of you would like to plug? Uh, I've got a new episode out, which is something I usually don't say when I come on here, but uh, Rebecca's on that too. Uh, previous previous guest of the show yep. on here. Um, yeah, and thanks for having me on. Uh, lovely to meet Brian, the only other person I know in this world who's read Ikigami, Ultimate Limit. So that was... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it was an honor. That, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm still thinking about it. Fantastic series. Like, just, just look to my right, see it on the shelf, you know? Yeah. Just reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for me, though. <laughs> Brian, you got anything to plug? Uh, I got nothing to plug. Just that wherever you are, please take care of yourself. Excellent. I meant to tell you that I went for a run before we recorded today and I saw a frog. Oh, lovely. I love frogs. Um, so <laughs> someone asked me before, like, Brian, do you prefer hedgehogs or frogs? And I was like, well, frogs during the summer and hedgehogs during yep. the winter. Obviously. Yeah, it was this tiny little green one. 
Um, gorgeous, gorgeous frog. Um, so that's it for the episode. You can find me online at levdog, L-E-V-D-O-W-G on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere else. And uh, my other podcasts, Hey Fam and All the Small Games are both on the Sans Pants Network where you'll find this one. Uh, you can join our Facebook group if you want to discuss uh, comics with us, facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Brian and Chloe, and we will see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.